Hey friends, welcome to the Confetti Moments Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Hinshaw. I believe that picture books open the magic for all readers. Today, open your heart and let all the book feels in. It's going to be so much fun. Let's open the magic. Welcome to another episode of Confetti Moments. I'm so glad you're here. On today's episode, I sat down with author Annie F. Downs, who's also the host of my favorite podcast, That Sounds Fun. We are going to talk about fun, her children's book, her newest adult book that I heart so hard, and advice for teachers and parents. You are in for a bookful treat. Without further ado, welcome, Annie. Hi. Oh my gosh. Your favorite podcast? I had no idea. Yes. Oh my gosh. I listen to it every Monday and Thursday on the way to work. Thank you. That is so kind. You're so welcome. I know it's, it's like, I can't wait. Like I just listened to, oh, who did I, the Danielle Walker one. And I have questions because I heard you're gluten and dairy free and so am I. So how do you eat the Dollywood bread? So I don't have to be gluten and dairy free. Uh, or like, it's not like it'll poison me. It's, it just makes me feel terrible. So it has to be a strategic decision. And so anytime I'm at Dollywood, which is Dolly Parton's amusement park in East Tennessee, they have this cinnamon bread for all of our friends listening. They have this cinnamon bread that is just like, it's unbelievably good. And so I just kind of like plan my life around knowing like, you're going to feel like a tranquilized bear cub at the end of this day, because you ate this gluten. And so, so it's just more that, I mean, I'm also 42. So I'm just kind of at the age in my body. This is not everyone's true story, but in my body of like, I actually have to listen to what makes my body unhappy in order to do the life I want to do. It's not that there are rules and it's not that I'm forced into it. It's that I like being high energy and I like accomplishing a lot. And if I eat pizza the next day, I just can't do as much. So I do that sometimes on a Friday if I know I'm laying around on a Saturday, but it's just, um, it, it, it just doesn't make me feel great. That's awesome. Well, why don't you, I mean, you kind of already told my guests a little bit about yourself with your gluten stuff, but why don't you give like the real, who is Annie F. Downs? Well, that is the real. So we are telling the whole truth. We started with the good topic of like, don't feed her gluten or dairy. Um, so I'm Annie Updowns. I live in Nashville, Tennessee. I grew up in Atlanta, but I have been in Nashville for about 14 years. I am an author. I have a handful of books that are out. The newest one's called Chase the Fun, which is a hundred day devotional about how to find fun in the life you already have. Um, and I also, as you said, have a podcast called That Sounds Fun. I'm also the co-owner of a podcast network, which means we just help other podcasters get their work out in the world in a way that makes their lives a little bit easier and fills the world with good content because the rest of the world is trying to fill it with not good content. So podcasters like you and a lot of our friends who like need to be doing the good work they're doing. We like coming alongside and helping. And then I travel and speak conferences, events, and also um, host tours where we go and do live podcasts around the country. So that is Annie. I also have friends. (laughs) I also have a life, (laughs) but that is my work life. I love it. Well, tell us one thing about your non-work life. What's like a hobby you love to do that is fun? Oh man, this summer I was gifted an inflatable kayak and it has been the most fun. There's like a group of people. This is, this is what I love about my community, but I think this is true about a lot of our friends communities that are listening is like, if, if everybody gets into something like inflatable kayaking, everybody gets into it. 
And so it's just like, yeah, let's go, let's go. And so a lot of times we'll go like after work and just go float. I mean, we are just to be clear, I'm not even wearing a helmet. We're not even doing like moving water. We're on a lake. And we just kind of float out to the middle and talk to each other. And then we paddle back. So <laughs> it's not the most intense, but it's been really fun. So that's kind of like my newest hobby this summer was uh, inflatable kayaking. That's awesome. Have you ever paddle boarded? Yeah, I really like it. I think it is very fun. It is less, it, it allows for less, like just hanging in conversation yeah. that you have to kind of be more thoughtful or I'm going to fall over. But there's a, there are people here in Nashville that do yoga on paddle boards. Wow. It's like in California, class. people do goat yoga, but I've never heard yes, of paddleboard yes, yes. yoga. In that wild, yeah, there's like a whole class you can go out on a lake here and do paddleboard yoga. And it has got to be so hard. I can't imagine. I mean, maybe a downward dog. And after that, I'm lost and I'm swimming. Me too. Yeah. It's actually, after I read your book, I was like, okay, what is something I want to do that's fun that I've never done? And it's paddle boarding. So I'm going to do it oh my before gosh. school starts, but. Oh, that's great. And that's a great goal. Do it once before school starts. You don't have to, that's what happens with hobbies is people think I need to own every piece of the paraphernalia to do this hobby. I need to set aside five hours a week to do it. It's like, no, no, no rent a paddleboard one time and try it and see what you think. And in a year, let's talk about buying one and putting it on your calendar, right? Yeah. Oh, so good. So this episode's all about for teachers and parents about back to school. And I thought, why not have the fun uh, manager, because that's your new name, yes. um, talk to teachers and parents about how do you create fun for children, but also keeping them wholesome human beings. Yeah. So I love to, I told you this before we started, Courtney, I love getting to talk about this because that is what I studied at college when I went to the University of Georgia is I studied early childhood education. I taught school for five years. I student taught for two. So I have a lot of experience in a classroom that I was building myself at two different elementary schools where the the opportunity was, I was teaching in public schools. So the opportunity was, can I be fully Annie or Miss Downs at the time, right? Can I be fully Miss Downs, who is a faith person that loves fun, that want, that loves kids and wants them to feel accepted and seen and known in this classroom, even though I am a public school classroom. And you so are talking about me. This, this is what I think about because I teach fifth grade yeah. and I know you taught fifth grade and it's I best ever. And that's what I, I deal with too. Like I'm a faith person, but I teach in public school. But I think it's all about letting kids know that they're like they're made for more. And I don't bring you know religion into it, but I'm saying like you're here because you have a purpose. Yes. Yes, that's exactly it. Because he, here's what's true. I think about this a lot. You may see me write about this in the future because I haven't quite figured out how to write about it yet. But I, I love policemen. So don't hear me saying what I'm not saying here. But like, I can't tell you the names of the policemen who pulled me over, but I can tell you every teacher I've had. Absolutely. Right. So, so the people we remember, and, and there are obviously stories of like policemen changing people's lives. So again, don't hear what I'm not saying, but when I'm thinking about teachers, I'm going, who changes our lives are the people who tell us how to do something better. Not the people who tell us what we're doing wrong. <laughs> right. They keep us safe, but that's not who changes our lives necessarily who, and again, I love policemen. I'm thankful for them, all the things. It's just an example, right? Um, but when I taught school and the thing that I thought about every day in my classroom is I thought I have signed a contract saying that every student is welcome in my classroom. So I do. if I wanted to teach in a private school and a Christian school, I should have done that. I didn't want that. I wanted to teach in a public school and I'd signed a contract agreeing to certain things. That being said, I brought my full self to that classroom and I bet you do too. And it's this opportunity to say like, 
hey, we're going to talk about your purpose. And we're going to talk about that you are not on accident. And we're going to talk about that there is something in you that no one else on the planet offers us. Now, you can ask me whatever questions you want about what I believe. I, I have this memory of maybe, I don't know, I was in sixth or seventh grade and my science teacher was talking about evolution. And little innocent Annie just raised my hand. I'm like, but what do you believe? Like, I just remember wanting to know, like, I believe in creation. I remember thinking, I know what my parents told me and I love this teacher. What does she believe? And she said, I want you to read some of the posters on the wall. And then you and I can talk about it later. And I was like, okay. And I started paying attention that all the posters on the wall said things like the stars were put in the sky, stuff like that. And I was like, oh, she believes what I believe. But, and so she modeled for me, like, build a classroom where people can have fun and learn and feel welcome, but your faith can be the foundation of that classroom. And so I, yeah, like, okay, so let's talk about fun. Tell me, let, girl, you get me going on classrooms. I just love it. And this time of year, I mean, this is like August and Halloween and like right before spring break are my three favorite times of the year. What are your favorite times of the year in this, in the classroom? Beginning of the year, for sure. My birthday, which is in April and probably like right when we come back from winter break, because I feel like that's when we're in our groove. Yes, that's exactly it. Everybody knows where the pencils are. Everybody knows what they're doing and no one is thinking about the end of the year. So no one's thinking about it ending. There's like, I live here. I live in this room and I live with these people. And that is when I would always get sad. I always got sad right between fall break and spring break. Cause I was like, I know as the grown up here that this is ending. Yes. And that when we get back from spring break, we'll do standardized testing and then we'll do field trips and then everyone will be sick of each other. And then they will clean their desks with, um, with uh, shaving cream and yes. that'll be the year, right? <laughs> yes, yes. And that's the year. And by the time we get there, I'm glad it's over because that's the natural progression. But in February and March, I would be like, I, I remember so clearly I'd have like Wednesdays where I was like, I could cry. Because I know that this system we've built and these people who love each other, it will never be like this again after. And I'll get a new batch in August and I will love them and we will have fun. And, and for for me, infusing fun, especially fourth and fifth grade, I'm sure our friends listening teach all sorts of different grades, but in fourth and fifth grade, you and I are not teaching them letters, no, right? And we're not teaching them numbers. They know how to add and subtract. Everything we're doing in fourth and fifth grade is really building on what they've already learned. Right. And so there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of release and relief of like, ah, they know how to read most of them. They know how to read. We're good. You know, like my job, I always felt like was, will they feel loved every day? And will they learn something every day? But like, on Fridays, I always put a joke on the board on Fridays, every day of my teaching life. And one of the first things we did during morning time was go over why that joke was funny. Yes. You talk about that in your book and I love that. And I'm stealing it Do it because, because what, what you and I get to do for fifth graders is teach them how to be good humans. Yes. Right. Oh and my being, gosh. And, We're going to change the world. Yes. Understanding humor 
And understanding how to do it kindly yeah. is part of being a good human. Right. And so I got to say like, hey, do you see that this is a play on words? Or hey, do you see that that's that word backwards? Or do you understand why that's funny? And, you know, we would, I mean, it was a, it was a lesson every week. So I was like, hey, they learned something today. And I would have them write it down in their agenda so they could tell their parents when they got home what the joke of the week was. And, you know, so I loved it. I just love that stuff. That's so good to me. So good to me. So how did you take being a teacher to writing your picture book called yeah. what sounds fun to you? What did you take? Like, how did you know? I mean, I know you love your mini BFFs and you have a lot of yes. mini BFFs, but what did you take to make this book from your teaching experience? Man, can you believe, I mean, I could just weep talking to you about it because there are so few teachers I get to sit and talk with this about, but when I left teaching, I mean, I loved it. I would go back anytime. And I know it's really hard right now. And it is not the same thing I left when I left a few years ago. And, and one of the faulty things about teaching is everyone who goes into it was a kid in a classroom. And so we, it's not like when, when you become an accountant, it's not like you grew up going into accounting offices, right? When you become a teacher, you grew up in classrooms. And so you have all these memories of your exact job but what you didn't know as a kid is the political side and the parent side and the paperwork side and the kids in, who have bad home life side. There's just so much you didn't know when you were right. a kid in the classroom. So I'd say all that to say, I loved it and I would go back. I, I mean, one of the reasons this job works for me now is because I know that I have another job I could do if this ever ended. Like, I'm like, it's not like, I'm like, what would I do? I'm like, oh, I'd go teach fourth and fifth grade in a heartbeat. Um, and I think I would, I mean, I'd be on day five and be like, what have I done? <laughs> yeah, but you'd be blessing but so many kids. Oh my goodness. It. I mean, I absolutely loved it. So when I left teaching, it, it was a deep loss for me. It was, re I really grieved moving into this next career. And during the pandemic, what a lot of my friends have kids, I'm not married yet. I don't have kids yet, but a lot of my friends have kids and I read them books all the time. And right as the pandemic started, I was reading to them on FaceTime and it was like five families. And I was like, this is so dumb. This is taking me two hours to read to five families on FaceTime. I should just do it on Instagram and, and let people watch. And so for most of March, April, May of 2020, I read a book every night yes, and we I had, remember. I mean, Courtney, we had, there was one night when 20,000 phones were watching and I, and so 30,000 kids maybe. Yeah. And I remember saying, I mean, I just cried when it ended. And I said to the Lord, like, I handed you this desire and you said, remember how you used to read to 30 kids tonight? You're going to read to 30,000. I mean, it just was, it, it, it was this moment of God going like, and I don't think everybody should leave the classroom. That's not what I'm saying. But in my story, right. he said, this thing you gave up that you loved, I have a way of returning it to you in a way that you cannot imagine. Right. And so that's how we built mini BFF book club was it really just was meeting the needs of my local community. And the best way to do that was on a public platform. So when it came to writing, what sounds fun to you, my dream has always been to be have a book in classrooms in elementary school, because I thought I, I know how much picture books mattered, even to my fifth grade kids. Yes. They you know, do. Like even yes. Cause you teach them how, what, what descriptive words were right and how to build a sentence. And I mean, all sorts of things. So when I was sitting down to write, what sounds fun to you, my biggest goal was, can I build this book? Like I built my classroom where it is 
faith foundation, but not faith forward so that every public school classroom. So and you won't be surprised by this. Every school I student taught at and every school I taught at, I mailed a copy of the kids book to. And I said, hi, my name's Annie. I student taught here in 2001. And I went in this library all the time. And I just wanted you to have this book that I wrote. And I'll do that with every kid's book I ever write. I'll mail it to every school I worked at. Because I'm like, no, I want those libraries to have resources like this for teachers like you who are like, can we have a book that has a page about church? Yes. Yes, we can, because there are books in public schools that have that talk about Jewish synagogues, that talk about mosques, that talk about uh, churches. So yeah. yeah, of course, it's yeah. just part of our culture. Yes. So that's what, so when I wrote the book, my goal was I wanted to keep it grade level appropriate. So it reads, what sounds fun to you reads at second grade. And so I wanted to keep it about there. And I wanted to show a bunch of different kids with a bunch of different needs and a bunch of different hair color and a bunch of different skin color. My hope was any kid who picks up this book would see someone that looked at least like someone they know, even if it didn't look like them. Yes. And so, I mean, we have a kid and, and we wanted to show special needs because those kids are special, you know? Yeah. So we have glasses and hearing aids and uh, crutches and wheelchair. Yes. We're like, man, we're going to show all of this because there are kids who have hearing aids that never see themselves in books. Yes. And so that I love, I feel like writing kids books is, it was one of the harder things I've ever written. And also the one that I felt like I brought the most training to, right? Because I've read, I mean, how many kids books have we read? How many years have you taught, by the way? Oh God, we're getting up there like 15. Oh yes. That's amazing. All fifth grade. Uh, no, fourth grade, third grade. And then during the pandemic, I did a five, six combo. That was oh, fun. Sister, <laughs> that is impressive. Yeah. So, so you've read hundreds, if not thousands of kids books too. And I have too. And so I was like, man, I've got, I want to be a part of the system again. And the best way I, I can be a part of the system in my current calling is by giving resources to teachers. So we're on Teachers for Teachers. We've built all the, you know, by this fall, there will be all sorts of uh, lesson plans and all the things available to go along with the book. Because I'm like, no, I want, I want this to be as helpful as it can be for every teacher that wants to be a part of having this book in their classroom. Right. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, and I even took something from it because I struggle with like having fun. I don't like, I just, yeah, I struggle with it. Cause I'm so a type personality and I'm like, okay, I yeah. need to have fun. And I need to like, if I screw up, like, oh, well, if, it, if I'm not good at it, oh, well. And part of the reason we shaped it the way we did, you, you've seen this on the pages, but but, you know, in each scene, there are multiple kids having fun in different ways, because what we re what I realized. So sitting here in the podcast studio, when people sit across from me at the end of every episode, I say, what sounds fun to you? And the variety of answers was insane. It always blows my mind. But also what happens is people lead with. Uh, I don't know if you're going to think, yes, totally. They shame their fun. It happened literally yesterday where the woman said, I'm going to tell here's what I think is fun, but I'll give you something that's more fun too. And I said, you, I want you to tell me two things, but first I want you to hear me say, you don't ever have to shame your fun here. If it's fun to you, it's fun to you. I'm great with that. As long as no one's being hurt and it's not, it's not at the cost of another person. It's fun. The reason adults do that is because when we were kids, people shamed our fun. Right. And so one of the reasons I wrote what sounds fun to you is I thought, okay, let's back up and stop the problem where it starts and say to kids, Hey, if you're on the playground and you want to read a book or play a game of cards or play soccer or swing, all of those are fun. Yeah. 
And so then when they grow up, my hope is they go like, oh yeah, I can, anything that, any calling I feel God called me to, I can do. I don't have to pick the cool one, right? Or any instrument I want to play or any sport I want to play. I can go after what I want to do because this one little book told me that there was a variety of ways to have fun. So great. Do you know what a difference you do for this world? Like I'm seriously sitting here, I'm smiling. So I'm like almost going to cry. So I'm sitting here just so smiling. And my next question talks about day 17 in the book where you got to interview Jennifer Garner. And that's like, I literally read it and I was like, I'm going to tell Annie, that's how I feel. Like I, when I got the email from Lillian that you were, said that you would do this, I literally called my parents and I said, oh my gosh, I get to interview Annie Uptown and I want to be her best friend. And oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And this is like, I literally woke up at 3.30 and I haven't gone back to sleep because I was so excited for today. <laughs> You're but. so sweet. Thank you. Well, for starters, you're doing so much better than I did with Jennifer Garner. So just know you're like slaying. I was a nightmare with Jennifer Garner. I was so nervous. She was like, she was so kind, but we have not stayed friends. And the problem is after that day, I saw her, the other interviews she'd done, she like follows them on Instagram and not me. So you're doing great. You're doing great, Courtney. <laughs> but that is all very kind of you. Thank you. I mean, I the, the fun thing we get to do with our lives is, is built. It's, it's, here's the thing, this calling that you have and the calling that I have on my life, these are not easy. Like this is expensive. I literally, I was saying to the Lord yesterday morning, there are these three specific things I'm praying for. And I said to the Lord, I actually don't know if I want any of those. Cause those all require me to sacrifice a lot. Yeah. And so I'm not sure I'm ready to sacrifice what those require, but I'm praying for them. So I hope, I hope I am. Right. Right. So I say that to say to you, this job is not easy and it has not been free or, um, or without much pain <laughs> for me. And also I, I am having the best time. I'm having a great time. I, I can't believe that there are classrooms that have plans around what sounds fun to you at the start of the next school year. I mean, when we started getting bulletin boards last year that teachers had built that said what sounds fun to you and all the kids had drawn pictures, I was a wreck. I was an absolute wreck. Because I still, I mean, those kids that I taught those years that I taught school, I know all of them in my head. You know, I've been to their weddings. I've been to a funeral. I've been to, I mean, like, I see what their kids look like on Facebook. It's, and so, so all that to say, this matters deeply to me. So the fact that it matters to you too means a lot. So thank you for saying all those kind words. I believe you and I, um, I'm thankful to get to do it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And I love how you talk about the power of the and, and you also talk about how certain things you want to do are hard. I remember, I can't remember what book it is, but you talked about like when you moved to Nashville and you didn't want to, and you kept saying like, Lord, like, I, I don't think this is for me or whatever. Yeah, and, let uh, me out. Yeah, yeah. Tell, tell me this is not. And I think about yeah. that a lot because I don't like new experiences, but I know that's how yeah. you grow and you push yourself. And then yes, like life is hard right now. I'm sitting in the end of like, my life's great, but like my mom's health is really not good. And I'm having to like, understand how to sit in both of them at the same time. But yeah. you truly can, because that's life. Yeah. I mean, the, the reality is we are sitting in that all the time and it's ours to decide whether we'll acknowledge it or not. Yeah. Right. So every one of our friends listening, if we said, tell us the best thing and the worst thing that's going on in your life, everybody has an answer. Yeah. 
and everybody is suffering. I mean, this summer we've done a best summer ever thing where I've like been like, here are the concerts I'm going to and here, you know, like here's all the fun I'm doing. And the reason I'm doing that is because our family is really suffering like your family is. And we knew we would be this summer. We knew that there was a really sad, tragic thing happening in our family this summer at the beginning of the summer. And so I went like, this is going to be true no matter what. What can I do to partner with that truth to more fully experience the gospel and to more fully experience is to hold the joy and the sadness, which is what you're doing, right? Like you're paddle boarding and your mom is sick. Both of those things are true and, and only one of them you can control. And so we invite in the joy where there is suffering. I mean, the scripture says, even in laughter, the heart may ache. And I was, I was fun coaching someone yesterday that's going to be on the podcast on Monday and and she's, she's lost a family member and she is going through kind of like, Hey, I built a bucket list of what we would have done together. And I said, that's brilliant. I said, you know, you are going to be able to laugh in the midst of the sadness and you are going to be able to be sad in the midst of the joy and holding both of those deeply matters. So on a class in a day of a classroom, I remember, so my first year teaching the two teachers on either side of me had daughters in the elementary school. So I'm teaching fifth grade and there was a fifth grade daughter and a fourth grade daughter. And we had just had, I had had a terrible day. I I always hugged the kids before they left and I didn't hug them that day. I was just so mad. We had TVs that said when the buses go. And I just sat at my desk and I worked. I said, y'all have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow. And I'd send them home without hugging any any of them. And I, and it made me cry at the end of the day because I thought, what if something happens? to one of them. And I didn't hug them today. What in the world? Who, how could you let your anger affect your love? I mean, I just was bad. I saw, so I went in my back corner of my classroom and I sat up on the counter and I just cried and cried. Well, the two little elementary girls don't know. They always come in my classroom because I'm the 22 year old teacher, right? Who's like, cool. And they, they both bebop in and I'm crying and they freeze. I can see it right now. They freeze and then they run out and seconds later, here come the moms, right? Like here come my co-teachers. And I explained to them what happened and they give me good advice, you know, sage wisdom from veteran teachers. And then we all get in the car and we drive across the street to the Mayfield Dairy and get a scoop of ice cream, right? And it, and it wasn't that the move was not, we're trying to make you feel better. The move was let's hold both of these. You made a mistake today. You didn't handle this the way you want to. Let's also go laugh together over at the Mayfield Dairy for 30 minutes, you know? And so even in the classroom on days where things go sideways, and listen, any of our teachers listening, don't let your kids- There could be lots of sideways. Yes, yes. But don't let them go home without knowing that that you love them. Absolutely. You can be, that is, that is my, in my years of teaching, that is the probably, I want to make sure I'm telling the truth. I think that's the, the only regret I have from teaching is that day. And thank God nothing happened. And thank God that they all came back the next day and I got to apologize to them and tell them I wanted to be better and, you know, all the things. And I, I, but I I don't send your kids home without them knowing how you feel about them. I stand at my door every day and like ask them, do you want a high five, a hug, a fist pump, whatever? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you had a bad day tomorrow, it will be better. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, one of the reasons that kids push back, this is parents know this way better than teachers know this, but you know, one of the reasons they push back is they want to know they're safe. Yeah. 
and they want to know that they're cared for. And, and scripture says boundary lines fall in pleasant places. Kids are pushing against our boundary lines as teachers because they want to know they fell in a pleasant place, that they actually do exist. Right. And so, and so sending them home like that, like you do is a boundary line for them that they will feel loved. And that means they can have fun in your classroom and we can take it all the way back to fun all the time. Like they, they took me to get that ice cream that day because they were like, remember who the fullness of who you are. You aren't just this mistake. You're also the one that our girls run to her classroom at the end of the day because you're fun and you're easy to be around and they like you, right? And so it was a good example of we can't fix this. We can't drive you to every kid's house, but we can get some ice cream and you can come in tomorrow and make it better. Yeah, I literally was thinking, I would have probably driven, every, not really, but in my head, I was like, I would have driven to every kid's class or every kid's Girl, because now I know y'all have like, y'all like text with parents now, right? And then like oh, no. a thing. It's all okay, email, good. So. I just know some te- yeah, email. I mean, we barely even did that when I was teaching. We barely emailed directly with parents. If I'd have had every parent's phone number or if I'd have had an Instagram account that all the parents followed, 100% I'd have dealt with it that night. It's very good for my soul that God didn't, that God put me in a situation where I couldn't deal with it that night because I had to wrestle through it. But man, I, I dealt with it first thing the next day. That is for sure. I think I made monkey bread and brought it in. I think I made them all breakfast. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, speaking more about fun, and I want you to kind of take your teacher perspective and your author perspective. How can parents make reading fun and teachers make reading fun for the kids who don't like reading or who struggle? Yeah, I think that's one of the gifts of audiobooks now is that if we can get kids to fall in love with story, they will fall in love with reading. Because at some point you transition from listening to reading, or I I do this with my book club books. I will check the book out of the library on my Kindle and on the audiobook. And if I'm if I don't want to put the book down, but I've got to get ready for work, I switch to the audiobook. And so at some point, I feel like that's a that's an easy transition for kids if the whole family is listening to an audiobook and the kid wants to keep going, you just slide them the book and go, I think we're on page 173, you know, and if, when they can't quit the story. So I think that's one way. I think the other way is letting the kids pick the books that you read, which is not always fun because you do not want to read about Pokemon and you do not want to read about Barbie or whatever the thing is that they pick. But when you go to the library, I mean, how many monster truck books have I read with my nephew? I could not care less about garbage trucks, but he loves garbage trucks. And so because I want him to read, I want him to read what he wants to read. I don't get to dictate what the books are. Now, that being said, there's all the caveats of like, you know, if your family doesn't agree with certain things that are in books, that's a different thing. You can, you can set your boundaries. They fall in pleasant places, so you can do it. But as far as like walking through the library, let them pick up books that, and and, and so I see this a lot with my friends who are parents in the summer is they'll go and check out 10 picture books on a Saturday for the week for their kids to read. And in my head, if, if we're working with 10 picture books, I want the kids to pick six of them. I want them to pick six or seven of them and they get to pick whatever they want. I want to pick one that I love because I want my kids to see me loving books too. And two of them, I want to pick that are diverse from the life that we live and just for the kids to experience, whether it is a different country or a different uh, set of family looking different, a, a different job than the parents do, a different skin color than our family. I want a couple of the books that are floating around in my house and in my kids' lives 
lives to look different than our lives. And that way they'll pick up all 10 during the week. So they'll pick up the one I love. They'll pick up all the ones they love. And hopefully they'll pick up the two that, that expose them in a positive way to uh, a world they don't live in. Oh, I love that. I love that. So one thing that got me there, I need to know, do you, so do you read normal books or do you only do Kindle? Cause I feel like we might just have our first fight. Oh boy. I'm both. I'm both, but, uh, I am new to the Kindle. I just got it for the summer Okay. and it is, but I'm telling you, I went out of the country and in the month of July, I traveled almost every day and I read seven books on my Kindle. Okay. Because I could just pull it, you know, it's just in my person. I can pull it out. And I took all social media and email off my phone. So there was no scrolling all summer. All I did was read and I kept my Kindle with me all the time. And so when I'm reading nonfiction that I'm trying to learn from, I usually read the paperback or hardback so I can underline and, and, but when it's novels that I'm blowing through out of the library or for our book club, I found the Kindle to be really, really helpful as far as me just reading more. Yes. Have you read book lovers? No. Is it great? Book lovers? I'm writing it down right now. Oh my gosh. It's so good. Okay, great. We, my favorite one from the summer that I read, well, I read Charles Martin's new one, the record keeper. That's his, the third of his series. It's unbelievable. So that was probably my favorite. My second favorite. That's a standalone. It's called unlikely animals. Have you read that one yet? No. Oh my gosh. It's told from the point of the view of the people in the cemetery. So it's the people in the cemetery (laughs) watching the city it is wild. It's, it's a fascinating read. All right. I got to go. I'm more rom-com, but I will definitely check that. It's, it is a sweet story. I mean, it's a rom-com kind of story. There's a oh. love story to it, but they are watching the families. And so you're, ha- and it's really funny. Cause they'll say like the, you know, the main character will say, well, Bobby, 1854 to 1912 says, da, 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 da. and so they have their like birthdays. It's great. So But I just, it has made me read more to have it, read more novels to have a Kindle. Okay. Are you very Kindle? I'm, yeah, I I need the book. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the the other upside about a Kindle is it lays flat by the pool and you can see it. And so where you can see a book, but I've got to like hold it with two hands or put something down. The Kindle, you just lay it on the ground when you're laying on your belly. You just lay it on the ground and you just click, 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 and you buzz through that. That was my other win for the summer is I wanted something that I could have at the pool with me that wouldn't get wet, you know, that wouldn't okay. like, it would like a page would wrinkle. So okay, just, those are my two I'll big, let you have that one. I'm still going to try to get you though to like the Apple watch. Cause I know you went away from the Apple watch, but girl, you got to get the Apple watch. Okay. So I have a fake one. This isn't real. This is an Amazon that you can get that literally is so inexpensive, but I'll tell you that you're, Breaking news, something I haven't said to anyone else, Courtney, publicly. Um, I did a challenge with myself in May and June, where if I did my Peloton every day of May and June, I could get myself an Apple Watch at the end. And so I did it. And so I'm, it is on my to-do is to go and get an Apple Watch and try again, because you can have it for 10 days. Yes. And the last time I did it, I had it for 10 days and, I, and it was bad timing for me. And I bought it for a bad reason. This is one of the tricks about fun, by the way, let's just throw a trick about fun in here for everybody is you can do the same behavior two different times for two very different reasons, right? Eating Oreos can have two very different reasons for me. Going on a trip can have two very different reasons. And so when we're trying to find fun in our lives, one of the questions we have to ask is, am I trying to get release or am I trying to escape? Release is fine. Release and relief are fine. Escape can sometimes be fine, but if you're escaping, you need to pay attention to the why. 
Right. The first time I had an Apple watch, it was an escape move. I was, I was sad and I was spending money. And so by day 10, I was like, this isn't, this isn't right. This time my heart's in a totally different place. So I, I promise in August, I'm giving it a go. Once my August budget starts, I'm, I'm really considering it. What do you love about it? Tell me why. So I use it a lot in the classroom. So I'll be like, set the timer for five minutes. Um, just like checking like text messages really fast. If I need to check yes. something, I don't use it when I work out because I'm, I'm not a germaphobe, but I might as well be. And so I don't yeah. wear it when I work out, but okay. um, I just love it. And I just like the look. Let's be honest. Yeah, I do too. So that's, I've gotten used to seeing it on my arm now. Yes. And this fake one is about that. But I need you to know, like literally this one says, please take activity when I'm supposed to get up and walk. I mean, it is like very cheap. It was like $20. Um, but I'm ready. I think I'm, I've, been, I've been in this watch for two years. I think I'm ready to upgrade to the real deal. I feel really honored. Like I know something before Eddie knows something. I know oh, for sure you do. For sure you do. <laughs> Breaking news today on Confetti Moments Podcast. There you go. Annie F. Downs is getting an Apple Watch, everybody. That's right. That's right. It's happening. Um, okay, Peloton. Do you have the bike or the tread? Tread. And I love <gasps> it. Are you a tread too? Yeah, it's the best. It's absolutely the best. It is so fun. So I fun. love all the classes. Uh, do you take any of the yoga? Yes, I just started this summer because that was one of my fun things. Yes. Okay. So, um, I I'm losing her first name now, but her last name is Robert. She's, she's, uh, oh, she Chelsea does Jackson Roberts. Chelsea Jackson Roberts, her yoga flow classes that are gospel are beautiful. I do. And I'll tell you what I try to do I, every night, at least in my, in the room, in my guest room, where the Peloton is, I try to do a stretch or a short yoga or something. It's making me sleep so much better. Have you done the meditations? Yes, they're beautiful. Cause here's my thing. I'm like, Hey, listen, the people leading me in meditation may not know Jesus. And they might, they may not know and may not be, may not be thinking about God, Jesus, or the Holy spirit when they're doing it, but I can. Yeah, I absolutely. can. So it's beautiful. I absolutely, yeah, I love it. But I love the tread uh, boot camps. I love the strength classes. I mean, I, I didn't know when I got the treadmill, I got it because I love walking outside and it's really been good for my prayer life to walk. And when it got dark and cold, I was like, I, I can't lose this rhythm. And so that's why I got the tread. But what ended up happening that I'm so happy about is that I didn't know about the other classes. I just thought it was like treadmill classes. And then it's like, oh, you can do 1000 different classes on that. It is. It's so fun. The Taylor Swift classes, the Lizzo classes, oh. um, all the Hamilton, uh, you know, there's like Broadway. I know. I so who are your favorite instructors? And then we'll get off this topic, but. Okay. Maddie, Maddie. Majacomo. Yes. Love him. Yes. Love him. He, I, I adore him. Um, and then there's a redheaded guy. I think his name is Daniel. And I oh, think yeah. he's Irish. Yes. He trips me out, man. He like everything he, now he doesn't always use language that I think people, well, I don't like to should people. He doesn't use language that everyone um he doesn't use doesn't the same language, use language I use. He cusses. That I would use. There you go. Yes, he cusses a lot, but he also is very motivating. <laughs> He's like, oh, we could do this. We could do this. I'm like, yes, I can, Daniel. Yes, I can. Um, so I like them a lot. I love Selena. Oh my gosh, she is so good. Have you done her? I think that's it, Selena. Serena. I'm gonna have to look on the app. Serena. But Serena. her her strength classes are awesome. Yeah. So um, let me pull up my Peloton app because I just have to tell you. Um, so I just, who are your favorites? Okay. So I love Jess Sims. 
And I feel like you would love Everyone her. Everyone does. Talks all I know. The power of the hand. Yes, she's amazing. And then I, I just became um, obsessed with Kirsten because she, on Sunday, she does an intention setting Sunday and she does a lot of gospel music. It's so great. But I told her, I said, I'm sorry, I can't get up at 5.30 in the morning on a Sunday. So I do hers on Monday. Yes. And the other real is that she, um, I thought taking live classes would feel very different than taking them on demand. And it does not. Does it? So, oh. so I do not, I never, I tried to like originally schedule it. Oh yeah. Selena Samuela. That's yes, her name that I like so much. Yes. Um, and John Hoskins, his walking and running classes are so fun. Yes. He has great music. Um, okay. Tell me your girl's name again that I should try. Jess Sims and then Kiersey yes. Ferguson. I and love we that. Now take a class together because that would be fun. Oh my gosh, yes! And then we get the little we get the little diamond award. Yeah, when you're taking it at the same time as other people. I love it. So, oh, I just it, it has been such a gift to me. I I exercise for me in my personality type. For a lot of our friends listening, maybe they'll connect with this. But for my personality type, for how much I love fun, I need variety. Yes. And so I can do something like walking, running, um, hiking, a, a certain class. I can do something for about a year and then I never want to do it again, right? If I'm not careful. If that's the only thing I do after a year, I'm like, I'm out. I don't want to do it again. And so the the gift that Peloton has been for me, and I think a lot of apps that have multiple classes are probably offering this, but the gift Peloton has been to me is in the last seven months, I've never done the same class twice, right. ever. Neither. I've never done it twice. Yeah, and, and I've so, had almost two years. Yes. Yes. And so you just go like, oh, I, I can take the same teacher, but they're going to say new things. They're going to do new things. Yes. Um, oh, I'm going to retract that. I'm lying a little bit because I did do a, a strength. Um, they do these programs. Yes. And I did a strength program and the cool down of the strength program was the same every day. So I didn't want to lie to you. I did do the same Maddie cool down every day. Yeah, for I kind of feel days. like I might have done one twice too, but for the most part, but I, I run new. yeah. Yeah, that's right. And that's, that's because I was doing a program that did the same warm up and cool down for all oh, 25 classes or whatever, but man, I, yeah. So it's been a real gift to me because it's kept me interested and entertained. And, yeah. and that for me in working out, that really matters that I feel like I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Yes, me too. Absolutely. And now Peloton, do you want to, um, hello, sponsor us, sponsor us. Thank you. You got the word. Hello Peloton. Um, we love you. They're like, we don't have to, y'all just did that for free. Right. <laughs> so true. So true. My last two questions before we get to the confetti questions, I want to okay. talk about something that's super heavy on a lot of teachers is that we struggle with the word comparison and yeah. what can readers who read your book and listen to this podcast, take away from the title, chase the fun and get rid of the comparison. Yeah. You know, teaching in 2022 is what weddings were in 2005 on Pinterest, right? Where all of a sudden you could see what everyone else was doing. And, and when I was teaching in the early 2000s, we didn't have the kind of resources that are available now to see what every other teacher was doing in the same lesson plan. Right. And so comparison in my friends who are teaching and my teaching friends I talk to, comparison has greatly increased inside the world of teaching because of social media. And because you're watching a teacher at, at you're in a title one school and you've got limited resources and you're watching a teacher across the country at a, in a different kind of school with different resources, trying to teach the same children's book as you. And you realize like, I could never do that because we don't, we can't have a horse come to school today. 
And so we'll never be, you know, whatever. So, so I would say that the trick about chasing the fun, and this is for teachers, and this is for any of our friends who, who look at someone else and see what they have that they don't have. I mean, the truth is we all want something we don't have. It's part of the deal being human, right? And when you get the thing you want, you're going to want something else. If it, we all are going to eat lunch today, and then we're going to want dinner. Like it's just part of the gig, right? And so the thing about chase the fun is whatever the life is that you have, it, the book is split up into three parts. The joys of being an amateur. Why is it okay that you don't know how to do everything perfectly? The power of falling in love and why you need a hobby. The power of falling in love part, one of the big sections and the, one of the big reasons for that section to me is I want my friends reading it to fall in love with the life that they have and fall in love with where they already are and what that looks like. And so fall in love with the life that you have and fall in love with the classroom that you have, fall in love with the opportunities that you have. And listen, if that means you need to get off the internet, get off the internet, you will survive. I had, I, I cannot tell you the whiplash I'm having being back on social media when I was off for a month right. of like, my life does not feel balanced because already I'm not sleeping as much because I'm on dumb Instagram. Right. Like, what am I doing? Why am I not still reading books? And so, so if you can't do your job and see other teachers on the internet, block them, block them. Yes. Just because blocking people is not just about them not seeing you. It's about, you can't get to them either. Right. And so everyone I break up with, I block them or that breaks up with me. Let's just call the whole, whole. everyone that I end a relationship with romantically, I block them. Not hey. because I'm a monster, but because I can't stop them right. if I block them. Right. And so I need them to be an invisible person in my life yes. like they were before I met them. Absolutely. And so that if teachers need to do that, do that. But chasing the fun, the, the thing about chasing fun in your life is that you do that best when you look at your life the most. Not being selfish. I just mean paying the most attention to the life God has given you and the lane you're in. That's why Paul says, run the race marked out for you. Because everyone has a different race marked out for them. So the internet says, look at all these races and get in them and win them. And the gospel says, look at the race you've been given and finish it. Paul doesn't even say win it. He says, finish the race marked out for you. So that's what we're meant to do is go long on this. And if you can't go long on this because of comparison, erase the comparison. Just get them out. It, and it could be the teacher across the hall from you and you can't ignore her. And I get that because, you know, she's a, she has a husband and three teenagers who came in and decorated her class with her the week before school. And you're barely getting your posters up. I get it, you know, but I, I, I had this one teacher who just, when I was student teaching, who just every, every lesson she did was extraordinary. And I was always like, I'll never be that good. And then I realized like, well, she has a ton of resources to help her that I don't have, but we all have the equal ability to love. Yes. And so in the equal ability to serve the kids and their families and God puts the kids in your classroom that are meant to be yours. Yes. And the, there is going to be two this year. Courtney, you know this, how long you've done this. There are going to be two this year that you would trade on day three and you would trade on day 179. Like, it's not even like, and then it got better. No, no, you no. would trade them. You would trade them. And yet God has, even in this moment, God has planned for those kids to be in your classroom. Yeah. And so we have to chase the fun with them and for them and in our own lives. This is true for moms all the time. The healthiest families are the moms who care for themselves as well. Yes. You know, like you don't have to, you don't have to prioritize yourself over your kids eating lunch, but, but you should certainly make sure you get fed too. 
And don't just eat the crust around the peanut butter and jelly. Like make yourself a sandwich too. Make yourself a sandwich too. And teachers need to do that. Principals need to do that. I mean, I got to talk with a counselor this week. She's in charge of six counselors at her school. And she's trying to figure out how to build an environment that works for all of them. And I'm like, yes, you've got to. You've got to build fun for counselors because they are doing, y'all, y'all are doing hard work, right? Hard work. Teachers, counselors, staff, lunchroom, front office, custodians, every person in that building has got a hard job ahead of them to love kids well, yes. because homes, homes of where these kids come from, somebody in your class needs extra love than everybody else. 100%. And usually that's the most annoying kid. Can we just say the truth? That is usually the most annoying kid. Yes, I know. I had a lot of times last year. I was like, okay, God, give me the strength to get through this day and to love this child because that child did not like, yeah, you know, not easy. Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy. And, and what, what I know on this side of teaching is nothing taught me about selfless love, like teaching did. Cause I'm not a parent yet. I think parents, parenting does that extraordinary ways too. Yes. I, I, I know more about love because of how those kids responded to me and treated me, Absolutely. then, then I, yeah, it, it's one of the luckiest seats to be in. I agree. I always tell my sisters, they both have kids and I don't have kids. And I was like, well, I do have 35 kids like every day. That's exactly right. That's <laughs> exactly right. That's, I mean, for that 180 days, you have them more than their parents do of waking yeah. hours. Mm-hmm. And so you, you are the third, fourth, whatever number parent in their life right for that year and that is that is sacred ground and that's why you and I got into that job is because there was a teacher or two that gave us a sacred memory and gave us deep love that made us want to be in the classroom as that person and I think this uh quote that you say in your book I think really sums up what you just said uh what you do for fun matters because it helps your heart come alive and help you to be fully you and I think that's like my number one sentence from your book that I really resonated yeah. with. Me. Yeah, I just think it's, I think it's really deep and really true. Fun is a more often a spiritual and an emotional growth thing than people give credit. And so for our teacher friends, it's why we need to, I, I, it's why you've got to play on Saturdays right. and why you've got to give yourself a break in the evening sometimes. And, and I mean, I would grade papers Sunday afternoons like everybody else, but like you also have to have some weekend where you aren't working. Yes. And because you've got to be a human too. They, they need to see that you're a human and that you, you know, it'll all get done. It'll all get done. Well, before we get to our quick questions, is there anything else you want to share that I did not ask? Oh, thank you for asking. But no, this was so fun. I feel my heart feels so full getting to talk to you and getting to talk about teaching at the beginning of the school year. So this has been such a gift. Thank you so much for letting us do this. It's been such a gift for me too. I'm just like on cloud 972. Me too. Me too. I love it. Okay. So here's some fun, fast questions. What picture book are you most excited to have come out in 2022? Oh man, I don't know who's writing them these days. Um, I mean, Emily Lay had one come out that I really loved. Emily Lay's book was really sweet. Yeah, I thought it was beautiful. Um, I I have, because of mini BFF book club, I get to end up reading a lot. I think Tim... Tim Tebow's kids' books are really good. They're about kids love dogs. So anytime there's yeah. a book about dogs, it's going to be a win. So Emily Lay and Tim Tebow are the two that I've really enjoyed this year. Right. I love that. I, you know how you have your chief Annie officer? I could be like your yeah. chief book recommender. Like, okay, read oh, listen. this book. 
Send them over. Send them over. Oh, so many good ones. Okay. Are you left or right-handed? Right-handed. <sighs> I thought you I know. Sorry. It's okay. No. It's okay. Um, ice cream order. Well, when it, and if I'm living my best life and I don't you care do about Barry and I'm just, you do both. yeah, yes, yes, yes. Okay. So there is an ice cream company called Jenny's ice cream that is in the Southeast. Yeah. And I think they're, I think they're kind of everywhere at this point, but they have a dairy free coffee and coconut cream that's swirled. So that's my go-to in the dairy free world. Um, when I'm like living my best life, it's cookies and cream, like oh, yeah. Oreo blizzard, Oreo, it, give me Oreo and ice cream. I mean, I'm if I'm at Sonic, I'm doing a Oreo blast, double Oreo though. I always go double Oreo because otherwise it's just like a ton of ice cream. I'm like, no, double down for the double blessing. That is my hope. I love it. I love it. Okay, favorite worship song. Oh man, right now, I just love all things Brandon Lake. I feel like I love how much he treats uh, mental illness as a part of our lives and mental health as a part of our lives in a way that like, this is a spiritual thing. And, and not that, I mean, with, if you need meds, meds, counseling, I'm going today, all the things, but I love that he like his new album, his, yeah, his new album is so, um, let's talk about your spiritual life and your mental life. Yes. And so he's one of my, he and Phil Wickham are probably the two that I enjoy the most right now. Okay. So when I was listening to the story and Mike, Micah Tyler, Micah Tyler. Uh, yeah. Micah Tyler. Yeah. So when I was listening to the story about the Phil Wick, oh, that was such a good episode. Oh, oh such what, good I'm telling you, I knew him before that. Like we had met at a couple of things. Obviously that's why he did the live show with me in Columbus. And, but I didn't know so much of his story. I mean, you hear me and going like, what that, what I had no idea, but I, yeah, I, he is an incredible artist, Micah Tyler. I just am yeah. such a fan. So, but yeah, Phil Wickham and uh, Brandon Lake are the two that I kind of have on repeat right now. I love, well, you have to listen to Note to Self. It is such a great song. It's okay. by Stephen Stanley and Riley Clemens. And it's- Oh, on is it Riley repeat. amazing? Yes, it's on repeat. Okay, Note to oh. Self. I wrote, I need you to know how many notes I'm taking. You told me a book to read, a class to take, and now a song to listen to. You're very resourceful, Courtney. You're Great. quite the recommender. I'm very interested. <laughs> I love it. Okay, uh, favorite Netflix show that you're watching right now? Virgin River. <gasps> I was late. Really? I love it. I I'm still on season two, so don't spoil Z on me. But what happened is when all my friends started watching it during the pandemic was right when I had a breakup. And I was like, no, I'm not watching some show about people falling in love. Gross. And then this summer, I was like, wait, everybody watched that show. And I, um, I got COVID over the summer, which is so annoying. Me too. And so I, oh, it was the worst. It was so boring. Like what a waste of time that it was awful, but it got me real. I got some real cross stitching done and I got it. some real jump on Virgin river. So I'm on season two. I watched two episodes last night. I love it. I think it's great. Oh, it's so good. Season three. I'm Are not you caught up? Yes, I am. So season three, sorry, is boring, but season four is so good. Okay, great. I, I actually really appreciate when seasons of my life are boring. So I will enjoy boring TV because they deserve that. They deserve yes. for it to be a little chill. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay, everyone, I need you to go get What Sounds Fun to You, which is her picture book. And then I need you to go get Chase the Fun as you go through the school year. I really want you to read it and just remember that you can have fun too as a teacher, as a parent, and that if you don't do it the best the first time, keep on trying because being an amateur right. is amazing. So that's right. Oh, 
So Annie, where can my Confetti Moments listeners find you to connect with you and all the things? Yeah, I'm embarrassingly easy to find everywhere. It's Annie F. Downs. And any social media they want to be on, that's where I am. I don't do TikTok. So don't don't go don't go there. I actually don't really do Twitter either. But Instagram, Facebook, I'll meet you there. Um, and AnnieFDowns.com is all the information. All the books are there, all the resources. Again, we're on Teachers for Teachers to help with what sounds fun to you. And the podcast is called That Sounds Fun. And it comes out, like you said, on Mondays and Thursdays. Oh my gosh. Well, this has just been an incredible experience for me. I have learned from you and I'm just so thankful that you're in my life, even though, you know, we're not in the same place. We get to hang out every Monday and Thursday together. And we're going to work out together. So yes, we are. That's, that's part of it. We work out together as well. So you're like, we're like workout partners. Yeah. So oh, thanks for having me. And for all of our teacher friends, I hope you have a great year. I hope it is just one of your favorite ones. And remember that God has placed you in your classroom on purpose. And those kids are there on purpose. And on the worst day, it is still a better day than the kids being in an unsafe place and an unloved place. So you're doing, you're doing gospel work every day in those classrooms. And I'm so thankful for our teachers. Thank you. And staff and the rest of the staff in the schools. Absolutely. Thank you for those words because you know we're going to need it this year. That's right. That's right. Hey, teachers. How are you? I am just so thankful that you have been listening to the Confetti Moments podcast. It is something that I love to do. I love to share my love of picture books and books and the love of teachers with all of you. And you know what I would love as well is, hey, why don't you share this podcast with another friend to spread the magic with them and leave a comment. Let teachers know, what do you love about this podcast? What do you want me to share more of? I would love to hear from you. All you have to do is go on to wherever you listen to your podcast and leave a review. Thanks so much. And as always, open the magic. Thank you so much for tuning into the Confetti Moments podcast. I hope each story or tip you heard today brings the love of reading into your heart. Take this confetti and sprinkle it all over the children in your classroom or home. See you back here next Monday to open the magic. Friends, I love a good graphic tee, don't you? Did you know that I just launched my new magic wear? Yes, that's right. I have new designs, colors, clothing, cups, and hats. You can celebrate the love of reading by rocking an open the magic hat to the beach, a picture books are my jam shirt to the gym, and sip your chai tea latte on Fridays like me in a all new All the Confetti Moments logo mug. Order today by visiting my shop at bit.ly backslash magic wear store. Again, that's B-I-T dot L-Y backslash M-A-G-I-C-W-E-A-R-S-T-O-R-E. All right, let's open the magic together and spread the love of reading all around the world.